What's up, Dream Warriors? Welcome back to another episode of a podcast on Home Street. I'm Mark. And I'm Brooke. And this week, we are coming at you with a sort of Patreon pick. Uh, uh, this one's coming from Nancy from Extreme Horror Replay Podcast. Uh, she had Ben message us and say how badly she wanted to hear us talk about this movie. Uh, it's apparently one of her favorite horror movies. And we were kind of iffy thinking, like, maybe this is going to be a joke because we yeah. made them watch some pretty shitty movies for our mm-hmm. Patreon picks on their show. Yeah. Um, but anyways, yeah, she wanted us to do Magic from 1978. Yeah. Had you heard of this movie before this? Never. <laughs> Me either. <I> would, yeah. <laughs> I mean, how's Anthony Hopkins? So, I mean, you know, yeah. very young Anthony Hopkins. Yeah, it was kind of weird seeing him that young because it like was. even like I think was the yeah. was the Elephant Man after I've never seen Elephant Man. Was that was that after before this movie? Ooh, I don't know. I've never seen that one either. But like my first introduction to Anthony Hopkins was uh Science of the Lambs. Yeah, me and too. Even in that movie, he was like quite a bit older. Mm-hmm. I'm just looking up the Elephant Man right now. That was nineteen eighty, so two years after this one. So, yeah. Is he in that one, too? Yeah, he is, yeah. Mm. So he, won, he won an Oscar for that, I think. Oh, okay. All right, but yeah, so first time watch for both of us, first time hearing about this movie, period. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, we took challenge. Hopefully, Nancy, you enjoy this episode because apparently you've been chomping at the bit to hear us talk about this movie, and we're already a week late on it because of illnesses that we both had so here we are but yeah. before we start talking about this movie let's kick off our news and booze all right what are you drinking this this fine evening um Actually, my new nickname is uh, Crook. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Because Why you're uh, well, because you're Kark. Oh, Kark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, I'm Crook. I like it. Yeah, uh, I'm finishing off. I haven't got any beers, but uh, Cottage Spring Beverage Company, uh, Peach Iced Tea. Yeah, vodka iced tea. Um, speaking of carbonated vodkas, uh, at our Christmas party last night um which is a comedy club and the young one of the young guys there was ordering a thing called a sandbagger okay have you heard of this no okay so it's a it's a vodka seltzer and apparently it's the thing these days that the young people are drinking okay apparently it's really good looking that up too oh it's just like comes in a can okay Yes, I'm illegal drinking age. <laughs> well, it's like a golfing themed uh yeah. vodka soda. Okay. Because the uh spin chickens their their uh their golf kind of segments is the sandbaggers, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. There's pink grapefruit, boysenberry, and transfusion. Hmm. Hmm. It says there's four flavors. What's the other one? Oh, pink. Oh. Just like a regular lemon one. Oh. Yeah. Maybe I'll have to check that out. Oh, it's gin. It's not vodka. Oh, okay. 
Interesting. What uh, what are you drinking? I finally cracked open my first ever bottle of Buffalo Trace. Oh, shit. All of our American friends talk about it. And yep. I haven't seen it very often in our liquor stores, but I finally found yep. a bottle. Nice. So I'm having that with some ginger ale tonight. Nice. It's always good. And it is a good bourbon. I like it. Mm-hmm. All right. What have you been watching this week? Um, This week? You'll have to tell me if my mouse is in the correct spot this uh, this week. We're going to figure out why it does that. I know. Okay. All Good. right. A uh, little bit more. To the right? Yes. A little more, a little more, a little more. You can see your movies. I just can't see your ratings for them. There like we go. That. Perfect. Okay. Uh, it's the weirdest fucking thing. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, so watch a couple animated movies, Kung Fu Panda Minions. Uh, I've been watching all the stuff on my watch list, trying to watch as many my watch list. I think I've watched close to 70 movies this year on my watch list. So nice. Pretty good. Now, do you keep adding to your watch list throughout the year, too? Of course, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, watch Oppenheimer. Finally, it's out on 4K, finally, and picked up the Walmart. Uh, yeah, it's it's as advertised. It's such an achievement. It is... Right now is my number two favorite movie of the year. Because I think John Wick is just kind of the nostalgic, mm-hmm. like not nostalgic, but bias kind of pick. Yeah. Um, yeah. Fantastic fucking movie. Definitely watch it. Uh watch The Iron Giants. Uh I'm gonna watch this for a while. Just kind of tired after work one day and there's like a short movie, so haven't watched in a while, so I threw it on. Uh Bohemian Rhapsody and watch that since the theaters basically um yeah it's just all right i guess uh watch a couple 23 2023 movies uh blue beetle which i had no interest in watching but is on crave so i said fuck it yeah. threw it on uh is meh it's just all right i know nothing about this superhero so i have like yeah i mean I, I think he was in um teen titans i think that's as much as i know like his that superhero was in Teen Titans, but yeah, I know nothing. Um, and then I watched Bottoms, which is just came out on Prime Video, came out this year. Uh, it's actually really good, man. It has really good ratings. Mm-hmm. Um, it reminds me of like the 90s, early 2000s, like high school movies. Okay. Like where there's just like it doesn't make sense, but it's just like like all the jocks, they're like always wearing their football uniforms. It's mm-hmm. a matter what time of day it is they're they'll have their uniform they could be in fucking science class wearing their 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 football pads with the jerseys on and like the main quarterback is like the jock and like this dumb guy and yeah it's just like classic like varsity blues kind of like yeah not another team movie kind of uh vibe um and yeah and then we've been watching uh squid games the challenge we were just in the middle of the marbles episode so nice uh yeah, it's getting intense. Uh, we like it a lot. Yeah, I gotta watch it. Yeah, and, uh, that's it. Nice. I need to share my screen. Yeah. Are you seeing my letterbox? Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, we watched Leo, hmm. which was one that I know you didn't like, but I kind of liked it. I don't know. Yeah. Did you watch it with the kids or? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. 
Um, Brady's watched it twice now already, so I have a feeling I'm probably not going to like it in a short period of time. <laughs> nice. But, uh, last night I watched It's a Wonderful Knife. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Uh, it just came out on Shutter. It was okay. It's another alternate timeline horror movie, which is kind of mm. getting overplayed at this point now. Yeah. But it had some cool kills. Good okay. cast, too. Yeah. Uh, and then we watched The Santa Claus this morning. Nice. Because it's December and mm-hmm. it's that time of year, right? Yeah. Yeah, my uh, my my Google TV, my, well, it's Sony, but it's, uh, it's like Google kind of platform. Yeah. And they, uh, they have an advent calendar on um, on Google TV for like movies. Oh, that's cool. So like, I haven't watched any yet, but like day one is Home Alone. I think yesterday was... Like maybe Christmas vacation, and then today was uh, um, jingle all the way. Okay, so it's kind of cool that they're kind of doing that. Yeah, that is cool. We uh, I put on jingle all the way last or yesterday, but the kids weren't into it, so we ended up shutting it off. But I'll end up watching that at some point this this month, even if it's by myself. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I also watched the first episode of Monarch. Oh yeah, yeah, really good. Uh, I'm definitely gonna be keeping up with that one. Yeah, I need to. I haven't watched the latest one. I kind of fall behind already, yeah. but yeah, it's good. The production is like really high on it. Yeah, yeah, I was surprised. All right, as for the news, um, normally I don't have a lot to bring for news, but uh, this week has been fucking insane, dude. Yeah, there's so much shit. Yeah. So starting off with our trailers, we have the Godzilla X Kong. Furiosa and Fallout TV show trailers all released yeah. this week. And they all look fucking amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, Godzilla minus one released in theaters and it's absolutely killing it. Yeah. Uh, the ratings are through the roof. Everybody's mm-hmm. loving this movie. Um, yeah. I really want to watch it. Yeah. I've heard that like you need to watch it in IMAX. Mm. Yeah. So maybe if I get lucky, I'll make it up to Ottawa to get, get to see it there. Well, let me know. Yeah. <laughs> um, Beetlejuice 2 has wrapped its filming. Oh, shit. Which is exciting. Um, Thanksgiving 2 has been greenlit with Eli Roth directing again. Oh, sick. Yes. Um, I already mentioned it, but It's a Wonderful Knife is now streaming on Shudder. Uh, we got a little bit of information on Fidi Alvarez's Alien movie that's coming out. Um, it will take place between Alien and Aliens. So it'll kind of be oh, like okay. a a bridge between those two movies, which mm-hmm. I thought was interesting. Yeah. And lastly, I have Robert Eggers, a Nosferatu uh, has gotten a release date of Christmas 2024. Nice. Yeah. Excited for that. Bill um, Skarsgård. And yes. Annie Taylor Joy. Yes. That's all I got. Cool. Uh, so we got the monster squad on 4k. Nice. I still have never seen it, but I know everyone loves that movie. Um, the Sandman, which was a Netflix uh, TV show, didn't watch it, but I heard it's very good. Uh, the Naked Gun, that's just the first one, or if it's, I think it's the first one. Uh, yeah. I like those movies a lot. I don't know. I've watched them in a while, so I'm not sure how well they age, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, we got Tales from the Dark Side, the movie. Nice. Uh, pretty cool for 4K. Don't think I've ever seen that. Uh, Death Wish from 2018, which I've never seen, but 
I don't know. Yeah. Uh, movie called Barbarella, which has a pretty <laughs> sick fucking cover. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, I like that. No, no idea what it is, but uh, Tremors Two Aftershocks, pretty cool uh, cover. Nice. Uh, WandaVision, the complete series. Did WandaVision have two seasons or just one? Just one that I know of. Why does it say the complete series? I don't know. Uh, and then Black Hats on. Yeah. Uh, nice. All right. Week. Nothing, nothing too crazy. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. Ah. Heard a big bang. Oh, it's my heat turning off. Oh. <laughs> All right, you ready to talk about this movie? Yes, sir. Okay, like we said in the intro this week, we're talking about Magic from 1978. Starting off with the synopsis, a ventriloquist is at the mercy of his vicious dummy while he tries to renew a romance with his high school sweetheart. So nice. Yeah. This movie was directed by Richard Attenborough. Which kind of yeah. surprised both of us. Yeah. Um, so he only agreed to sign on to do this movie if I think it was if the production team agreed to allow him to uh, do his dream project, which was Gandhi, hmm. um, which released a few years after this movie and starred uh, Ben Kingsley as Gandhi. Um, he also did Chaplin in Love and War and A Bridge Too Far. But he's most notable for his role in the Jurassic Park films. Yeah. And his brother, David Attenborough. Yeah. Absolute legend. All right. For the cast, we have Anthony Hopkins, who needs no introduction, but he plays Corky and Fats. Mm -hmm. Um, He actually trained uh, with a ventriloquist to learn how to do this properly. And he learned magic tricks for this role as well. Yeah, I believe it. Yeah, I think he he was pretty convincing. Mm-hmm. Uh, Anne Margaret played Peggy. She was in Grumpy Old Men, The Santa Claus Three, Bye Bye Birdie, and Any Given Sunday. Uh, Burgess Meredith played Ben Green. He is obviously most notable for the Rocky franchise. Uh, mm-hmm. He was also in Clash of the Titans, Grumpy Old Men, and he narrated the Twilight Zone movie. Mm-hmm. That was cool. And lastly, I have Ed Lauder or Louder. He played Duke. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was in Cujo, Trouble with the Curve, Not Another Teen Movie, and The Town That Dreaded Sundown. Yeah. He's one of those guys that's like, you recognize him instantly. But like, mm-hmm. if you were to ever ask me, like, hey, name five Ed Louder movies, I would never be able to do it. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I know. But uh, I don't have any honorable mentions. I don't know if you did or not, but I, I do actually. Okay. Uh, the Cab Driver. I don't know if you recognized him. Did not. Um, so you won't know his name, Jerry Hauser. Uh, he played most famously Killer Carlson from Slapshot. Oh, okay. Yeah. Hmm. This movie I haven't watched and, in a while. Uh, yeah. He did a bunch of voices on Aladdin movie, apparently. Okay. Yeah, a lot of voice work, actually. So, okay. yeah. All right. Well, let's jump into this movie discussion then. Let's do it um yeah like we were saying at the top like anthony hawkins looks so young in this movie it's so weird seeing him that young um it's kind of like going back and watching like one who flew over the cuckoo's nest and like Mm -hmm. seeing uh 
Jack like Nicholson. Jack Nicholson, so young too, right? Yeah. Um. So it starts off. He is with, I believe, it's Merlin, his dad, or maybe like a. I think it's like his his teacher, like trainer, his teacher, yeah, trainer. mentor. So Merlin is clearly kind of on his deathbed, not doing too well. He's sick, and uh, Corky is telling him about his first time on stage alone because he was kind of Merlin's assistant for a bit and like helping him out. Mm-hmm. And uh, you see him at the, at the bar, and he's also talking about like his experience and he's telling Merlin like a complete opposite story of what actually went down. Like, mm-hmm. you know, the crowd wasn't paying attention, did like a trick and it got them all excited and stuff like that. But in reality, he just, he sucked. Yeah. I think it was also like the wrong crowd. Like everyone in that was like amateur night was like musicians. Like he said, mm-hmm. people trying to beat Bob Dylan and like girls singing. And then he comes up and, tries to do magic and it's like you kind of dug your own grave man like this is not <laughs> the crowd for for this act right mm-hmm. yeah because like everyone at their tables are just like they're talking amongst themselves and yeah it's more the atmosphere of like where musicians would benefit mm-hmm. more for sure yeah there's like a group of friends and there's like kind of a couple on like a date and it's like everyone's like looking like this guy serious and <laughs> you know and then like he flips out the end because like no one's paying attention he's like you know you pay more fucking respect to me and all this mm-hmm. stuff like that um i like that we get a glimpse at who he is right at the very beginning of this movie yeah, yeah. like where he flies off the handle like that yeah yeah he definitely has some issues uh like bipolar kind of stuff like that um so then i think it kind of flash forwards a bit right i think it's a year a year later does it say that okay yeah because all of a sudden he's in like this giant crowd and you see ben um ben green who's like kind of his manager kind of guy he's talking to uh i think a guy named tedson who's like I think he's uh, kind of like the head of NBC or something like that. Who's trying to get like a magic or he's not. Ben is trying to sell Corky to him and he's like, mm-hmm. kind of like, you know, magicians are never made good for good TV, stuff like this. And they like go to the show and like the crowd's like full and he's trying to do the magic trick of like the, the floating aces or whatever it's called. Mm-hmm. And then like, part of that he's like ah he's like i think i fucked that up and then he hear like a voice in the background kind of like heckling him i was like oh what the hell is that (laughs) and he goes to the back and you see it's uh this little doll named fats yeah and uh i love the way that they did fats with this because like they didn't have the voice coming from corky they had it like in the background so Mm. it was like almost like the doll was like real yeah yeah and I like this, I like that about this movie because like I just like the way that the audio was and had the way they filmed it. Mm-hmm. Um, I was really impressed with it. Yeah. Yeah, I like it too. Yeah, because like even just like looking at the movie poster, you know that there is a ventriloquist dummy in this movie. Mm-hmm. But like you said, the way that they played it off in this this first scene where we meet him, like you think that it's like just a kid or like 
an adult with a weird voice kind of in the background kind of heckling him like yeah because you can't see him he gets him from a dark corner yeah and i don't know it's just yeah it's really good yeah i love the look of fats too yeah me too because like his uh eyes and stuff is kind of like makeup like painted on Mm -hmm. and uh yeah it looks good they actually they made him purposely look like anthony hopkins as well so it's kind of like a a projection of himself sort of thing (laughs) nice and one more bit of trivia rl stein took uh what's the word they're looking for inspiration inspiration from this movie to make uh night of the living dummy okay which i thought was cool too yeah uh so yeah tedson is kind of like you know he's not buying the act and and then Corky brings out Fats and like the crowd loves him. And Ben is really selling Corky to him saying like, you know, I think I got the best musician in 50 years and he's the first one with an X-rated dummy. Um, mm-hmm. So it's kind of, uh, yeah, it's kind of funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so they're about, they're trying to sign Corky to like this NBC deal, but NBC wants him to take a medical medical exam Mm -hmm. um which is kind of fair because like he is kind of the first of his kind like a guy just like talking to his doll basically as a another person so you know they gotta make sure that he's in the right headspace well don't doesn't uh ben say to like they're gonna pay you all this money they want to make sure like you're not gonna die a year into your contract or something like that yeah exactly which yeah, it, it makes sense for sure. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> he won't do it. He refuses, and um, not only know, refuses, he fucking lost his shit. He does, and he's just <laughs> like, he meets with Ben for dinner, and Ben was like, "What's going on?" He's like, "Yeah, I'm not going to do a medical exam." And Ben's like, "Well, is this a deal breaker?" And he's like, "Yeah, yeah, it is," <laughs> and it's like kind of suspicious like mm-hmm. why don't like what what happened in his back story like you don't really know too much like you get a bit of a glimpse when he goes to the lake and he stops at his old house and you see like uh he remembers like his dad playing catch with i'm guessing his older brother and like mom's just like doing laundry he's just sitting on the thing like carving um wood he wasn't popular in high school so like you don't really get too much backstory on him but you can kind of know that like he's probably forgotten from his family not only that and he i'm assuming knows that he has these mental health issues as well yeah yeah like you mentioned bipolar like i think that definitely plays a part in it yeah yeah uh also, Ben smokes the biggest fucking cigars <laughs> I've ever seen in a movie. Jeez. Fucking big old Cubans all movie long. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. Um, I don't get, like, he just fucking chucks the glass, like, on the floor, like, yeah, like, multiple times in the movie. It's like, hey, man, like, what the fuck? <laughs> uh, fucking Mazel Tov all throughout the movie. Uh, yeah, so MC they won't sign him without him doing the medical exam, and you know he kind of goes away. I didn't really, maybe I was just typing notes at this point, but why does he decide to leave the city? I think it's because of that. Like, um, he just wants to kind of get away, rethink his career, sort of thing. Mm-hmm. 
um yeah. see if this is kind of what he actually wants to do yeah that makes sense that makes sense uh yeah so he I already mentioned that he goes out of town um he stops at his old house and kind of has that uh vision um and then he shows up at uh lake i forget what the lake was called but it's a place called the finast cabins um and immediately he like pays the cab driver and then he's like oh i'll give you another hundred bucks for a favor and he's like why he's like uh you didn't bring me here kind of like don't tell anyone that i came here right because he kind of wants his privacy i'm guessing yeah and for ben to not find him yeah yeah so he gets to this house and um peggy peggy and opens the door and you know she has another cabin that she has that rents out and she says oh like you know we're not open and he's like oh, i'll pay 50 dollars a night and she's like all right and then i love how you can hear <laughs> uh rat or fats talking from the suitcase too yeah yeah that's really cool yeah that's one thing that i really really like about this movie is that he's always like it's almost like his internal thoughts Mm -hmm. are being projected through fats yeah because like fats never shuts up through the whole fucking movie no he (laughs) does it constantly going (laughs) Yeah, yeah yeah i don't know i think it's really cool how they do that yeah uh, so yeah, she brings him to like this kind of uh, like cabin, like on the water sort of thing. And, you know, she lets him do his thing. She's walking away and then he takes fats out of the case. And he's like, he says something like, oh, her ass must be made out of marbles or something, something stupid <laughs> like that. And then he's like, oh, she didn't remember me. And, and then you kind of get a vision of him in school and like, he had a big crush on her and then later on or right after this it cuts to her she's like getting ready and she's in the mirror and she's like oh he didn't remember me and it's like oh okay so you both know each other you're just too scared to kind of like tell the other one like oh we remember you from high school or public yeah. school or whatever it was mm-hmm. um so he comes to her house um because he doesn't have like towels and stuff like that or soap and then she says like oh you brought fats and like she like oh you you do know who i am and like they kind of like break the ice like yeah of course i remember you stuff like that um Mm -hmm. you find out that duke is her spouse and he's away like on a business trip and like they may not be on like the best of terms right now um and clearly she like doesn't really know what to do because like she kind of has a crush back on him i think mostly because Mm -hmm. of like his stardom i feel like yeah because whenever he he brings fats out she like goes nuts she's like oh look at him and she's like trying to like do the the talking with with her hand and stuff like that yeah because he has been on talk shows and stuff like that and he plays big theaters and shit now so Mm -hmm. he he does have a name for himself at this point yeah yeah uh, so yeah, they have dinner together, and then um, Corky is telling her about uh, his old kind of mentor, Merlin. Um, he could read his wife's mind, who was his assistant, and then she wants to kind of learn how to do stuff. So like, he's teaching her card tricks, and like, there's like. They have to pick a card and he has to 
try and like pick her card out she puts the card to her chest and he can like supposed to like know which card it is mm-hmm. well the first one he gets it wrong can't figure it out mm-hmm. and he flips the fuck out <laughs> like holy shit like yeah crazy mad that's because he 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 sees this as like um proof i guess of like how much merlin and his wife were adaptable and like um how close they were they could read each other's thoughts and minds and shit like that yeah i think he really like i think it goes both ways like he really wants this trick to work so that he Mm -hmm. can feel that emotional connection with her yeah and also because it like makes him feel like he's worthy of Mm -hmm. like merlin's kind of stuff right right uh so he tells her like no we're gonna fucking do it again um and they do the trick and then he's like going through the cars he's like sweating profusely he's like (laughs) kind of freaking out and he's like uh is it is it the three of clubs like tell me it's the three of clubs and she kind of hesitates like Mm -hmm. What do you think? Do you think she, she just said yes to kind of like get him to be happy? Well, that is what her card was. Oh, was it? Oh, I didn't yeah, show it. Yeah. Okay. So I don't yeah, know if she was like more shocked that he actually got it or. Yeah. Yeah. Cause he was like, oh, okay, I didn't fail. Like, thank God. It's mm-hmm. like, Jesus, what if he did fail the second time? <laughs> Jesus. The table would have been flipped upside down. Yeah. Then uh, this was one part that I did not like about the movie. Um, Immediately after this, they just he kisses her and then they have sex. And it's like, first of all, the sex scene was very awkward. I thought the music was like just took me out of it. It was so out of it. Like it was 70s porn music. I guess. (laughs) But it's like this dude literally just like flipped out on you. Like he I thought he was gonna hit her, and then Mm -hmm. she's like, Oh yeah, let's have sex. And then Because you ah. did a card trick. And then she's like, oh, you know, I might leave you f- for Duke now. It's like, what the fuck? And I love, like, at the end of the sex scene, like, you can see... I don't know why they went back to Corky's cabin, but, yeah. like, Fats is in the background, and, like, it cuts to Fats, and it switches, like, this, like, creepy-ass fucking music, and he's mm-hmm. just, like, sitting there, like, watching. Yeah. It's creepy. Yeah. She didn't want the sex smell on her sheets from whenever Duke came home. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. <laughs> um, so later that night, uh, he walks back and he's in his cabin. It's like dark out and he picks up Fats and he's like doing his thing, like going back and forth with Fats. Like, oh, should I leave? You know, just like screaming basically and then like he turns around and fucking ben's standing in the doorway and i was like what the fuck where'd that guy come from (laughs) and ben i don't think he says how he found um corky i think it was a cab driver was it the cab driver okay because i think uh i think corky mentioned something about how he paid the cab driver but then ben said that he paid him more or something like that. oh yeah yeah so ben's there and uh they sit down and you know he's like you know clearly you have like issues like you know Mm -hmm. something's going on and he's like it's the doll is like taking control of you basically yeah and he's like okay corky how about you make fats shut up for five minutes (laughs) and corky's like kind of nervous he's like okay yeah i don't i don't need him puts him down they sit down and like 
and uh ben pulls out the big ass cigar and again <laughs> throws the fucking thing smashes yeah. the glass and then like they're sitting there and corky's like all right do you have cigar too and so i don't think he did or maybe he did pass him one but they're sitting there and corky's like okay how long has ben looks at his watch ben's like ah about 30 seconds <laughs> just like chilling and he's like ah okay four and a half minutes to go okay then like a few more time goes by and he's like hey how long now well, about two and a half minutes he's like ah oh, i can't make it <laughs> <laughs> um and then ben uh decides to leave um and then during all this kind of quirky is not quirky fats is like talking to corky like telling him like we can't let him leave blah 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 and then all of a sudden ben gets smashed in the head by fats and like over and over again smashing the head um you think ben is dead uh but he he's not um fats's head is like all broken and cracked and like he fixes his head with like tape and like a hat and stuff like that. Yeah. That and the whole just... time Fats is talking to him, he's like, look what you yeah. fucking did to me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a fucking fisherman. Yeah. Um. So yeah, obviously Corky is freaking the fuck out. He's like, what do I do? And Fats tells him like, oh, you got to swim out to the lake and drop the body in, in the lake. Corky's like, oh, I can't do that. Like, I know this lake there's there's snapping turtles in there and he's like, oh, all i just gotta do is like tie some rocks around them and just drop them in the lake so you know he starts doing that swimming out to the lake and then all of a sudden fucking ben's still alive <laughs> so they struggle they're fighting in the water and then like he ends up drowning him um in the lake uh, oh i mean and then while he's doing this just like fats is there staring out the window mm-hmm like so creepy like the way that they placed the doll like for 1978 like this movie is great for like mm-hmm. like the tense and like the scariness and like just the way it was uh filmed like yeah i would love to see like a remake of this even though like i mean i guess dead silence is like way different by like mm-hmm. i don't know kind of the same like they did the kind of the same stuff with the doll i feel yeah, see, I don't know if I want to see a remake of this. Like, this is only the first time watched for both of us, but like, I can see me watching this movie quite a bit. Yeah. Um, and I just, I don't, I don't know. I think like the the big part of this movie that's so good is Anthony Hopkins and what he was able to do. Yeah. And like how you said with with the doll and whatnot. Like, I just feel like someone would fuck this up if they remade it yeah that's fair yeah but, i don't know if they haven't made a remake yet they're probably not going to because we're in the age of remakes right now that's true yeah <laughs> um so it's the next morning and uh duke came is back home now and uh they kind of have like a weird like i think duke knows that like something's going on because like whenever Peggy is getting ready and in the bedroom and the Duke is like, Oh, like you fucked him, eh? and stuff like this when I was gone. And she's like, no, but I wanted to. And, you know, he kind of suspicious that something's going on. Um, 
He jumps the gun pretty fucking quick. He does, yeah. Yeah. Uh, They end up finding uh, Ben's car. They don't know what's Ben's car, but it's a Rolls Royce. And he goes to Corky and he's like, oh, we found a Rolls Royce. And he was kind of freaking out. Um, He kind of like plays dumb the whole time. Yeah. Uh, So he has his suspicions. Um, Peggy leaves and then like Corky just like shows up on the dock and he's like, okay, we're going fishing. And uh, Corky is like, you know, he's kind of hesitant, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but they go on the, on the boat, and Corky is like very like on edge. Um, they uh, he tells Duke tells Corky that Peggy went to town to make a decision of, I guess, if he wants to stay with Duke or leave with Corky, mm-hmm. and. Uh, it's kind of weird that he just wants to have a conversation with Corky. It's like, you know, where are you going to get out of this? Like, mm-hmm. he tells Corky, like, oh, I just had a conversation with Peggy. I want to talk to you. And it's like, I don't know, kind of this like little love triangle kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because, well, I mean, he didn't get the answers out of Peggy that he thought he knew yeah. already. So, mm-hmm. I don't know, try his luck at Corky, I guess. Yeah, yeah. I feel like he almost had a, well, I mean, maybe, maybe he was playing on like Corky's fear, like throughout in the middle mm-hmm. of the water, like he yeah. could easily kill him out there. So that's true. Yeah. Playing on his fear to get him to tell the truth sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, so they're uh, fishing and all of a sudden Duke gets a massive catch and, you know, like Corky, I thought that he caught the body. I was like, mm-hmm. there's no fucking way that that fishing line can carry a body. <laughs> But, you know, he's, like, pulling it, and Corky's, like, freaking out. He's, like, you know, I'm getting cold, kind of cold. Let's go back in. He starts, like, grabbing the oars, trying to go in it. And he's, like, oh, I'm trying to help you. And then he grabs the oars, about to hit him in the head, just in case the body pulls up. This is a giant, uh, giant-ass branch that comes yeah. up. This so, scene was really fucking tense, like, between the was. music and, like, the camera cutting away from the water to their faces to, like, yeah. to Corky and, like, his reaction to everything. Yeah, they did a really good job with this scene, yeah, creating that tension. Yeah, um, and then he puts the thing down, and Corky is like, "Oh, you got some of that scotch left?" And <laughs> you know, Duke is like, oh, "I thought he didn't like alcohol," and you know, takes it. And then, whenever Duke puts it back in, he looks over at shore and he sees uh, Ben's body on shore. So I thought immediately that Corky was just immediately going to kill him there. Mm-hmm. But he still kind of plays along. They go up on shore, and you know Ben's like, "Oh shit! Like, is this the Rolls Royce guy?" And Corky's like, "I don't know. It might be. You know, roll his body over. There's nothing on his uh, persons." And the Duke is like, "All right, I'm gonna you know give him mouth to mouth. You know, you go call call the ambulance." And he doesn't do CPR properly, I must say. Um, he calls <laughs> it the kiss of life, too. Yeah, I was yeah. like, I've never heard that before. Uh, so yeah, Corky leaves to call the police. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, yeah, so he gets, I'm guessing Corky went to like the main house to call someone. Um, and then bless you, thank you. Uh, then Duke breaks into his cabin, is kind of looking through things. Um, he's looking through drawers, and then he finds Ben's wallet. And realizes that, okay, so Corky is hiding something. And then he is standing in 
does does Fats talk when he's is that why he goes up to the doll? I don't think Fats talks. No, I think he okay, just he just sees the doll. He just goes up to the doll and just happens to stand there. Yeah. Um, and out of nowhere, fucking Fats stabs him to shit. <laughs> yeah. She kind of caught caught me off guard and um and then as he's like falling the knife like slits his throat and mm-hmm. I was like oh shit I was like okay so Corky's definitely behind the curtain that's right there and then, yeah you know it pulls apart and Corky's just sweating so bad <laughs> like Jesus I've never seen a guy sweat so much it's crazy yeah what'd you think of the kill it took me by surprise yeah um definitely wasn't expecting it. And I was kind of like skeptical because I was like, how the fuck did this doll do this? Because like the doll's not alive. We we've established that throughout the yeah, movie. Yeah. And then whenever the curtain like drew back, I was like, okay, yeah, that makes a hell of a lot more sense. Cause like the knife is actually in Fats's hand. Yeah. So like obviously Corky was maneuvering him mm-hmm. to make the cutting motions and whatnot. Yeah. Um but I, I, it was another good kill. Like it was just, it was one that took you off guard. You didn't really mm-hmm. expect it. You were kind of sitting there contemplating how it could actually happen. Yeah. And then like you realize how it did. But mm-hmm. yeah, like I knew that. Uh, what's his name? Fucking Duke. I knew Duke was gonna die. Yeah. But I was kind of expecting like Corky to show up in the doorway or mm-hmm. something like that. Yeah. Um. So he's back at the house and Peggy comes back uh, and they're waiting for Duke to come back because he he tells Peggy that uh, Duke left. He went hunting. Uh, oh, went hunting. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, so Peggy ends up leaving um, briefly because uh, I think she's kind of getting suspicious of Corky, like she's pretty much scared of him at this point, I think. Yeah. Um, and I love that him and Fats are wearing the same outfits. Mm-hmm. It yeah. just like shows that like they're more and more becoming the same person as the movie goes on. Yeah. Yeah. It's really cool. Um, but yeah, Corky is at this point, he's like batshit crazy. Like he's <laughs> lost it. Uh Peggy pretty much locked herself in her room. And I love that Fats is talking to her instead of like mm-hmm. Corky to the door. Yeah. And he's like, tells her like, oh, I made, made you something. I leave it at the door. And then like, you see it's the wooden heart that like he never finished making for her in, in high school or public school. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like, you see that Corky is like standing behind the wall, like sweating profusely. And he like has a knife in his hand. Um, And then she opens the door a bit and then immediately cuts to the cabin where Corky is sitting there and he drops the bloody knife. And I was like, Oh shit. Like, did he kill her? Cause he's like crying. Yeah. Cause Fats, he, Fats wanted him to kill her. Right. Yeah. 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 And he's like crying. And then I was like, Oh, did he kill her? But then like, you see that his hand is covering himself and mm-hmm. he ended up stabbing himself because like he couldn't do it. Cause he like, he did love her. Mm-hmm. and he didn't like it's pretty much fats telling him to do all this stuff right and i think yeah. just he couldn't do it so we you know the best way to end this is to kind of just kill himself yeah and i love I, like this oh go ahead no you go go ahead i, just, I love this interaction between them because it's mm-hmm. like fats 
is an entirely different person. Like he's like, you know, I don't want to die alone. Like, am I going to feel it? Like, you know, and then like Corky goes over and fast is like, Oh, lay me down flat. And like, they're like sitting there laying together. It's like, mm -hmm. I don't know. It's kind of, kind of sad. Yeah. That's what I was going to say too. Like I've really enjoyed this end scene because like fat starts to like not feel well. Um, and then that's whenever we learn that Corky stabbed himself. And yeah, just this whole interaction between the two of them, because it's like, it's almost like the death of two people, right? Because mm. like we have Corky and his physical being, and then we have Fats, who is like his mental yeah. being. It's yeah. just, I don't know. It was, it was a really cool and original way to end a movie like this. Yeah. But I will say the ending I hated. Okay. <laughs> not this ending but where it actually ended i okay. thought it was so bad i it kind of pissed me off because i was like i probably would have rated a bit higher mm -hmm. um so yeah peggy ends up like the door is open i think when she walks in mm -hmm. and she like walks up all giddy and she's like corky like i changed my mind and she like throws the heart up and then it freezes and the music's still going. I was like, what the fuck? And then the credits roll. I was like, what the fuck? Like, <laughs> what kind of ending is that? Like, I feel like it was a cliffhanger because, like, I feel like she is becoming, like, become, like, the new Corky. Mm. But okay. the way they ended it was just, like, I, I, I didn't like the way they ended yeah. that scene. Yeah, they left it too open-ended for it to not have, like, a sequel or anything like that. Yeah. Because, like, what I took from it is that she was finally willing to leave her life with Duke to be with him. Yeah. And I feel like he killed him, like, maybe killed himself too soon, too early. Like, if maybe he thought that it wasn't going to work out. Yeah. Sort of thing. But, so it was, like... I don't know, like, he ended his life, he ended Fats' life, and then, like, in doing all that, it ended the relationship as well. Yeah. But I agree, like, I don't know, the ending wasn't that strong. I would have been happier if they just left it with Corky and Fats doing their little dialogue yeah. at the end. Yeah, me too. And let the credits roll. Yeah. Like, fuck Peggy. Like <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Or, like, she picks up Fats and does like the ventriloquist thing like like she takes know. over like maybe she was like practicing like the whole time you know mm -hmm. but yeah anyway yeah uh anything else do you want to mention that we didn't talk I about i don't think so it's already well that's the way the blood splatters not a lot of blood in this movie no only two deaths really yeah well, three. Yeah, if you include Mark. Well, yeah, I guess. True. Yeah. Kills himself. All right. How did you rate this movie? Um, for quality, I'll go. I'll go a nine out of ten. Um, for nineteen seventy eight, like this is, I feel like a pretty well made movie. Like, mm -hmm. Anthony Hopkins was insane in this movie he was so fucking good yeah um i really like the camera work and like the audio that they did like with fats 
I thought it was really good. I even thought like the other actors were good too. Just mm -hmm. Anthony Hopkins just was so good. Um, I like the the soundtrack and like the score and stuff like that. Well, for the most part, the sex mm -hmm. scene I didn't really like that much, <laughs> but I thought the way that they used fats um, was done really well. Uh, mm -hmm. So I'll go nine out of ten. And then for story, I'll go six out of ten. Okay. Um, I feel like they could have done more with the story. Um, I do like kind of like the mental aspect of Corky. Like, I feel like this was kind of way ahead of its time, mm -hmm. even though like The Shining, I guess, is like the same kind of deal. But yeah, I don't know. It kind of shows like mental illness and stuff like that. Um, I like the characters. I enjoyed the characters quite a bit. Uh, but yeah, nothing really too much of the story. Um, yeah, but she would have gotten more background on Corky and kind of Fats and how like he came to fruition, like was Fats like Merlin's kind of thing and stuff like mm. that. But yeah, so I'll go nine out of ten and a six out of ten. Okay. Um, I also gave my quality a nine out of ten. Nice. Um, going into this movie. I wasn't really sure what to expect because like we didn't know anything about it. Uh, we both had thoughts that maybe this was just like a joke pick that yeah. that Extreme Horror Replay picked for us. Mm -hmm. um, but it ended up like I fucking thoroughly enjoyed this movie. Yeah. And it's definitely one that I will continue to watch in the future. And I can yeah. definitely understand why Nancy loves this movie so much. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, like you said, like Anthony Hopkins just completely hit it out of the park with this movie and he was actually corky was actually supposed to be played by gene wilder oh really um and attenborough was good with it and someone else was good with it but the production team didn't want a comedian to play this role they wanted it to feel as genuine as possible um and I, I like i'm totally cool with them picking anthony hopkins because he is like bar none one of the greatest actors yeah of our time yeah um I, like you can throw any role at him and he's gonna kill it mm -hmm. uh, he's gonna give it his all like he fucking learned ventriloquism and magic for this movie mm -hmm. <laughs> like um yeah. so yeah i think it was a perfect casting choice for him and like you mentioned like all the other actors were really good as well so I think they did a really good job. Uh, for quality, I'm giving it a 7 out of 10. Mm -hmm. um, I love the dialogue and I love the way that uh, Corky and Fats were able to interact with each other and how they did that throughout the movie. Um, I mentioned before, like the way that they were able to do a lot of the scenes with all the tension and whatnot, mm -hmm. I think it was really good. And I like you mentioned too with The Shining how like these movies were kind of before their time because mental health wasn't really a thing back in the day that people talked about. Yeah. Um, but like, I like that you use the shining as an example because while I was watching this movie, I was kind of getting feelings of the shining where we oh, see okay. like, like a slow descent into madness. And like, we're yeah. watching this happen on screen through like a two hour movie. Mm -hmm. um, so I thought it was really cool, but uh, yeah, I mean, it was definitely an original story at its time. So yeah. I think that's why i really enjoyed it so yeah nine out of ten and a seven out of ten nice all right you guys know our scores we'll head on over to rotten tomatoes and see what they scored it
the consensus. Thanks in large part to Anthony Hopkins' layered performance, Magic is an unusual, albeit creepily effective experience. Based on that, what do you think the critics scored it? Um, I'll go 84. Oh, you're very close. 87% on only 23 reviews and an average score of 6.8 out of 10. All right. The audience scored at a 64% on 5,000 ratings or an average score of 3.6 out of 5 or 7.2 out of 10. So pretty well received overall. Cool. Uh, Letterboxd has a 3.4 out of 5. I gave it a three and a half. Uh, what did you give it? I gave it a three and a half as well. Yeah, three and a half. Uh, Here be monster. Anthony gave it a three and a half as well. Oh, I saw. I thought it was. I thought Jensen. I thought I saw Jensen. Maybe not. Yeah, that's it. Not so many people have uh, logged this movie of hmm. my friends list. All right, you ready for the scare section? Yes, sir. Okay, what did you give for a scare rating? Scare rating, I'll give it a... I'll give it a th- 2 out of 10. Okay. Uh, maybe 3. I don't know. Um, wasn't like necessarily scary, but like the way that they incorporated fats with the movie, whether him talking or just like putting him in the right places mm-hmm. uh, made it that more kind of intense and creepy. Um, also, Andy Hopkins kind of like going back and forth, um, like arguing with with Fats or kind of blowing up on people. Um, yeah, was kind of added to that. So okay. I'll go two out of ten. All right. Uh, scary scene. I'll go with whenever Duke and him went out fishing and like camera pans back. You just see like Fats in the window, just like <laughs> just like looking it's, like <laughs> creepy as fuck. Um, and would I survive? I think, yeah, I think I would because, like, it's not Corky that's like doing the killing, really. It's, mm-hmm. I mean, I guess it he did kill Ben with Corky with fat, so mm-hmm. but yeah, I feel like I could take Corky and fats, so yeah. right. What would you, uh, for my scare rating, I gave it a four actually. I think this. I don't know. This movie did the whole mental health thing so effectively. And like, there's just something super creepy about ventriloquist dummies and like dolls, like period. Mm-hmm. Um, but like the tension in this movie was really well done. The music was really well done for that. Uh, and like, there's a lot of dark scenes where it's just fats and Corky talking to each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like just seeing him, slip into this madness and like knowing what he's capable of doing um and like he's there alone with a woman for the most part of the movie so mm-hmm. like throughout the whole thing you're just kind of wondering like what's gonna end up happening right yeah so i mean like there's no jump scares or anything like that it's just like a sense of tension and unease throughout the whole movie mm. scariest scene i didn't really think about this one but i don't know I guess maybe whenever Duke 
dies because like you're not really expecting it. Yeah. Bats is just kind of sitting there all creepy like. Mm-hmm. Uh, and would I survive? Uh yeah, I'm gonna say yes as well. Um I don't know. I feel like they're just like Corky so like scrawny. <laughs> just like <laughs> I mean, he's got the element of surprise on his side, but and fat's kind of telling him what to do, but I mean, if you destroy the doll, you destroy that character, right? Yeah. So who's going to tell Corky what to do if he doesn't have fats? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yes, I will survive. Cool. All right. That wraps it up. So what are we watching next episode? Um. So I did have something picked, but I just realized that's actually... A TV show, oh, okay. or TV episode. Um, so it was like it's on Letterbox. It was on someone's list for horror, and I tried looking up on like IDB. It wasn't popping up, and it's actually an episode uh, from the show Cabinet of Curiosities. Oh, okay. So I don't know if have you seen that show? I've watched some of it. Yeah. Okay. Because the one episode is directed by Panos Cosmatos. Who did Mandy? Right. Yeah, I think um, I did watch that episode. Okay. Then I will go with my other pick, which was uh I Trapped the Devil from 2019. I just oh that was on that list of the shutter movies that were getting released. This oh, was week, it? I think. I think so, yeah. Okay, cool. All right. I've never heard of it though. Before that. Yeah, me either. Was it a Christmas movie? Uh, somewhat, yeah. Okay, cool. So it's for fans of Twilight Zone. Cool. All right, so another first watch for us. Yep. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you, Nancy, for suggesting this movie. Um, mm-hmm. whether it was a joke pick or not, we really enjoyed it. So yeah, <laughs> thank you. But uh, yeah. Um, if you guys want to catch us on social media, you can find us at the podcast on Elm Street on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. And if you click the link in our bio on Instagram, you'll find a link links to our T Public account where we have the merch. There's also a link to our uh, other thing, Patreon, if you want to support <laughs> the podcast that way. And there's links to our individual individual letterbox accounts, our Discord server, and anywhere that you can listen to us. Thanks for listening. Thank you, guys. And And, uh, we'll talk to you in a couple of weeks. Yes, later. Be close to Christmas by then, eh? Yeah. Where's my cursor? Oh, my God.